So my friends, between yesterday, uh, last week's gospel and uh, today's gospel, this is the turning point in the gospel of Matthew, just as it's a similar turning point in Mark and partially in Luke. Namely, Jesus asking his apostles like he did last week, who do people say that I am? Peter's confessing that truth. You are the Christ, the son of the living God. But now Jesus is going to begin to teach them what kind of Messiah he is. Because they've confessed through Peter, right? You are the Christ. But what kind of Christ is Jesus? What kind of God is he? And so he begins to show his disciples now. He hasn't done it all the way up to this point. Uh, And so when you read the Gospels from like start to finish, you see everything changes at this moment that he begins to show his disciples that he's going to go to Jerusalem and he's going to suffer and he's going to be killed and on the third day be raised. He, they are expecting, you know, glory and power and prosperity. They signed on with this rabbi who's the Messiah and now we're going to have a type of political victory. We're going to, you're the new Moses and we're going to be with you And you're going to lead us into the promised land, the new promised land. And Jesus says, well, yes, but, you know, and that but is always what gets you. Yes, but not not on this world, not in this life. Jesus is the type of God who doesn't free us from the tyranny of worldly powers. Right. They're thinking particularly in their mind of the Roman occupation of Jerusalem at the time. Let's get these Gentiles out of here. Got to get the Romans out of the city of Jerusalem. That's the Messiah's job. And Jesus came to free us from a greater tyranny, the tyranny of sin and death, the tyranny of the devil, the occupying force against all of humanity. And so Jesus is the type of Messiah who has come to save us from sin and from eternal death. And he's going to do it not by glorious power, but by humility. That he's going to lower himself. He's going to allow himself to be mocked and beaten, put to shame, and then put to death. And he does this out of love for us. He suffers for us, out of love for each one of us. How much does Jesus love me? Like, how much does Jesus love me? Jesus loves me that he would do all of that if I was the only person to have ever existed. He would die for me, personally, and undergo all of the torment and all the shame, even if it was just for me. That's how Jesus loves me. Every time we look at a cross, and I particularly love our cross here in St. Francis uh, with just the details of, like, that, that's for me. That's God's love for me, personally. That's the God that we believe in. Not a God who's going to gloriously overthrow whatever issue of the day I have today or tomorrow, but the God who's going to suffer with me and for me and open up a path through that suffering. So that even the cross becomes a means of sanctification. 
Peter doesn't like this. He was just made steward, right? He was just made the vicar of Christ. And he doesn't like this. They're like, okay, I'm going to be your chief of staff. Wait, we're going to do what? Right? That's, what, what are we doing? Hold on. What did I just sign up for? Uh, and so we look at what Peter does here, right? The audacity. He just, in our gospel last week, which happened just a few minutes before this one, he just said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus says, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, right? I'll give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. You are Peter. And now Peter takes the Christ aside and begins to rebuke him, right? He begins to rebuke him. He gives him a talking to. God forbid, Lord. No, this isn't going to happen. Stop talking about that. Jesus, we don't talk about that, right? And anytime authority figures in the church, be they the pope or the bishops or our parish priests, anytime we try to peddle a false gospel that's more about worldly prosperity, that's just about, again, the issue of the week and not about the redemptive love and death of Jesus Christ, well, then we're going to get the same response as Peter, right? Oh, I don't... I don't want to talk about the tough parts of our religion. I don't want to talk about the suffering. I don't want to talk about, I don't want a humble God. I want a glorious God. And so Jesus turns and says to the one that he just named Peter, get behind me, Satan. You are an obstacle to me. Because in that moment, as Peter is trying to stop Jesus from getting to the cross to save us, He is acting in the role of the devil. Because that is the devil's goal. Keep Jesus away from the cross. Don't let redemption happen. This is what the devil will do at the agony in the garden. Right? Try to convince Jesus not to do it. This is what the devil did at the temptations at the beginning of the gospel. Right? To do, turn bread, stones into bread and make a spectacle of yourself. And so Peter here is acting in the role of the devil to try to stop Jesus from the cross. And Jesus rebukes him. Get behind me, Satan. This is the way. This is the way. The way of holiness. And so uh, we, you know, if the institutional church and if pastors and roles and authority in the church try to stop us from living the faith with all of its life and zeal, but with all of the challenges and demands. Well then, you know, if we preach that watered-down gospel, get behind me, Satan, right? I don't want Jesus to say those words to me. I I don't want to hear that. If we try to distract from the real message of salvation and redemption and the call to virtue, the call to holiness, the fact that each one of us by the saving blood of Jesus Christ, is able to rise above our sins, not just to tolerate our sins, but to actually convert and turn away from them and live radical lives of holiness. And if we say, no, we don't, we don't expect that of you. No, no, look, that's not, that's, that's being a bit of an ideal. Get behind me, Satan, right? No, we live, we can live radically transformed because Jesus loves us and he died for us. But then it doesn't end there. Here's the last point. Then Jesus, after rebuking Peter, turns to all the disciples and he issues his teaching because it's not just Jesus. 
It's not just Jesus who has to humble himself. It's not just Jesus who's going to die. Whoever wishes to come after me, anyone, anyone who wishes to come after me to be my disciple, must, must deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. That if we're going to be part of this band of disciples, that the cross is the only way. The cross is the way that we live that holiness. Not triumphalistic churchism, but by lowering ourselves, humbling ourselves, and whatever struggles and difficulties we may have in the day, bearing them in union with Jesus. Jesus, I can accept this struggle. This person really gets on my nerves. They really, really annoy me. I can be a total jerk to them according to worldly standards, but no, I'm going to respond with a smile and with love. Jesus, I want that 11th cheeseburger at a Labor Day cookout. I really do. Like, no, 10's enough. Deny yourself, right? Take up that cross. You can do it in union with Jesus, right? Jesus, it's, it's Labor Day weekend. I want to sleep in on Sunday. I'm not going to church today, right? Uh, I don't, I don't need, I'm going to sleep in. It's, it's a nice day. It's a holiday weekend. I don't need to get up and give time to go to church. No, we deny ourselves. And we, we take up our cross, the struggles and the difficulties of living the Christian life. It's the only life that's worth it. What profit would there be to get the whole world, to have all the cheeseburgers and sleep-ins and, you know, all the stuff that we want, but to lose our souls? This, this time on earth is, is limited. Let's invest in heaven. Let's invest in being in eternal union with God. And that means that we carry our cross every day. A little good practice that could be helpful in this is to actually get a little cross and to carry it around, right? I, I have a little cross here in my pocket that I carry around. If I'm going to be in a particularly difficult meeting or something, usually at the archdiocese, right, I, I put it right on the desk there so I can remember every time I want to just zone out or get grumpy. Like, it's right there. Like, yes, Jesus, today in this, I'm carrying my cross with you, right? Anytime I'm getting a little annoyed or impatient or something, right, I can feel it right there in my pocket. Like, I'm, I'm literally carrying this cross, your cross, in, as a reminder. And so that could be a little practice that we do, right? To, to go out and buy um, a little, little cross, right? Or have something, just a little cross that we can carry with ourselves, and that we can remind ourselves to carry our cross with Jesus. My friends, this is our real religion, because Jesus is our real Messiah. He, this is the God that he is. And so let's ask him to teach us how to deny ourselves, how to follow him, to pick up our cross every day, so we can know and experience and share in that redemptive love of our Lord, the love that led him to lay down his life for our salvation.